listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. Ignition sequence start. See, Elijah Wan has David Robinson. Just bamboozled. Kelly out of the corner for three hitters. Don't ever underestimate the heart of a champion. The Houston Rockets select Yao Ming. McGrady at the buzzer. I know what we need to do. I know exactly what we need to do. Russell Westbrook, James Harden. I know what's at stake. It's going to be scary. Not for us. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Launchpad Podcast presented by Clutch City Control Room, your home for all things Houston Hoops. I am one of your hosts, Dex Hinton. I am a writer at Clutch City Control Room. I write about the other sports teams, the Baylor Bears. I write about movies. I talk about movies. I'm, I'm just here doing doing all the things. You can find me on Twitter at Dex Hinton. I'm your second host today, Zach. I, uh, I'm the social media manager here at Clutch City Control Room. You can find me on Twitter at, at ZachZola1, and be sure to follow the official Clutch City Control Room account at ClutchCityCR, as well as hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. So there's a lot going on with the Rockets. Obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you know, Daryl Morey left. We still don't have a coach, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, there's no real news on that front, just kind of wild speculation. But – we didn't really want to talk about that because, you know, nothing's happened yet. So we're going to do something a little different today than we normally do on this podcast. We're going to count down our top 10 Rockets players of the 2010s. Oh, yeah. There have been a lot of people you might not have remembered were Houston Rockets <laughs> in the last 10 years. We've seen a lot of people come and go. Some people – Turned into stars when they left. Some people just withered into dust as soon as they left the Rockets. But it's, it's been a ride, man. I'm I'm excited for this. Yeah, this was fun. It was uh, I I don't know about you, but I kind of struggled figuring out who to put on, who to leave off. There was like a couple guys I felt obligated to put on, um, but then in the end, I just kind of tried to go with with my gut and who I liked. We tried to base it off like watchability, success, basically whatever criteria you want to determine our favorite players of the decade. And we each created our own list. So I don't know Dex's. Dex doesn't know my list. I'm excited to, to go through it and see who you got. I feel like we know each other's number one. but <laughs> I, I got Briante Weber at number that, one. Oh, I, I definitely thought this was a, a Jason Terry stand oh, yeah. podcast. So. Yeah, that was, that was a close second. to Rockets and Mavericks legend Jason Terry. <laughs> yeah, so do you want to start us off? Who do you got at uh, number 10? So at number 10, I got one that I just, I just had to use my heart. He did pretty much literally nothing as a Houston Rocket, but the couple of times that he got into games and just kind of the, the following around him, just I had to put him here at number 10. I got Joe Chi. Wow. That's a great pick. Dude, I just loved the idea of Joe Chi, just a seven-foot kind of stretch center who – you know, was supposed to be the China Basketball League legend coming in. And he had a couple of highlight blogs. He did have a couple of highlights getting NBA dunked on. Ever? 
He did very, oh. very rarely in a couple of blowouts and like some garbage time. But I'll just never forget, like, I think it was the Timberwolves or somebody like that. He got in a game on the road and like there were a bunch of like Chinese fans who were just there to see Joe Chi and they went absolutely nuts when he got put into the game and like garbage time in the fourth quarter. Every time he touched the ball, the crowd went wild. Like it was just a good time, man. Yeah, he wasn't that good an NBA player. Mike D'Antoni never really bothered to develop anybody, but I just loved having him on the team and just the idea of him was just just awesome. And his name is Joe Chi. Like this that, that's a fan. I had to put him at number ten. That guy was such a meme. He was like he was like seven two, one ninety or something, something like that. I I used to always want him to get into the games. I would have loved to see him pan out for the Rockets. That would have been awesome. My pick, I went I went on the other end of the spectrum, I guess. I went with I guess this might be kind of a surprising pick. I went with uh Dwight Howard for my number 10 slot. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think he gets kind of a bad rep in Houston now, but this is this is kind of an emotional pick for me cuz I remember I remember like where I was when he got when he chose to go to the Rockets and I remember just I was younger then and I was just so happy that this star player had chosen to join the Rockets and just felt so good for someone to come to Houston. And I feel like Dwight Howard was the guy that kind of put Houston back on the national map a little ever uh, since Yao Ming had retired because you had the dark days after Yao Ming retired. And then James Harden came, and that was obviously a huge deal, but the Rockets weren't making much noise in the playoffs or, or anything like that. And then Dwight Howard came, and that was a huge star, and that, that got a ton of attention, and it was cool to have you know, TVs and ESPN talking about the Rockets every single day. And Howard gave us uh, at least one good season, and – he played pretty well when healthy, just kind of fell apart in uh, the 2016 year. But, you know, I'll always, I'll always be a fan of Howard. I was, uh, I hate the Lakers, but I was glad to see that he was able to get a championship this year. Yeah. I was going to say, we got to say NBA champion Dwight yeah. Howard when we talk yeah, about it's, it's him weird. now, man. It's weird to I, say. Yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead and say Dwight Howard is not on my list. <laughs> I, I thought um, it might be a little, a little uh, surprise pick. But yeah, I, I can respect that. He was definitely a, a good player in stretches for his run here. And like you mentioned, it was a big deal when he first came. Um, but yeah, just kind of the way it ended for me, I was like, I can't I can't really have him. Yeah. No, I, I totally understand. Personally. That. But I definitely respect that pick. Like that's thank that's you, the reasonable you. thing to do it instead of being a hater. Make for sure. My tens there was like twenty guys that I was considering for this ten slot. So I mean I I had to go with him in the end. I yeah I I can respect that. That's you're a better man than me. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> <Howard> is prime. <laughs> uh, so let's go to number nine. Yeah, I have. I have. I'm, he might be kind of low, but okay. since he's gone on to his new team, I've kind of liked him a little bit less, and that's tainted his time with the Rockets for me. But I got Patrick Beverly mm. at number nine. Yeah. Yeah, just having him on defense, just always being intense and like hyper competitive was awesome. Obviously, his offensive arsenal was very limited and it still is. But uh, I just really enjoyed like his hustle and like how hard he played on defense and always just kind of hyping up the crowd. And just he always had those moments where 
you know, it's a Patrick Beverly hustle play that like only he can make. So I, I really enjoy watching Patrick Beverly when he was on the Rockets, but now that he's on the Clippers, I mean, it's kind of dimmed it a little bit for me, but still one of my top 10. Yeah. So Patrick Beverly was one of those guys that going into this list, I felt, I felt like I had to put him on, but in the end, I just was like, eh, I don't really want it. I don't feel like it. I, because <laughs> I just don't really like him anymore. I don't know. I guess, I guess this list is supposed to be for their time on the Rockets, but I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't feel like it. He was, he was like number 11, I think for me. It was a tough that's, omission. That's fair. I, I'll say that, but I'm glad that you put him on. He deserves, he deserves respect. He deserves to be on at least one of our lists. That's for sure. Um, I went with a different point guard, and this is this is a little throwback. Um, it might it's a little cheaty because he did play in uh, the 2000s as well. But I went with Aaron Brooks, who um, legend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I know he, his best year was probably 2009, but I had to throw him on the list because that dude was a walking bucket, and he. Um, I was so happy when he won Most Improved Player. He was so fun to watch, and he. Um, he put the team on his back during that series against the Lakers that one year when T-Mac and Yao both ended up getting injured and he helped the Rockets take the Lakers to seven, which was awesome. But Brooks was, Brooks was just such a fun player. He was such a good scorer. And um, I was sad to see him kind of fizzle out. He was able to come back to the Rockets after like taking a year off to go to China, which was cool, but he never, he never really got any minutes. I think that was like 2013, but uh, he was, he was always one of my favorite young players. The Rockets had a bunch of, those point guards that I was deciding between, I was looking at him, Lowry, and Dragic for one of these spots. I went with Brooks in the end, but Lowry and Dragic were also highly considered. Yeah, I loved watching Aaron Brooks play. Like, there's just something about a short NBA point guard who can still <laughs> get buckets from time to time. It's just fun to watch. Like, absolutely. You just it's just unexpected. He was really fast too. I always yeah. remember. Like, game speed was insane. Just kind of the nifty, quick moves that he made getting to the rim. Who'd you go with for number eight? At number eight, we got a dude who I actually tried to play like when I was younger, surprisingly enough. Luis Scola. Okay, yes. I love it. I the He used to have this, like, scoop shot that he did. Yep, the ice cream it. scoop. Yeah, uh, it's called it the Scola Scoop, and I definitely okay, tried good, to yeah. like put that shot into my game when yeah. I was a kid in high school, <laughs> like on the basketball team. I just loved watching him play the hair, the headbands, the the Scola Scoop, and like he just played like really solid fundamental basketball. Nothing flashy, nothing fancy. He wasn't the most athletic. He wasn't the biggest guy, but he just knew how to play the game and be in the right spot and you know, just kind of make the easy shot. So I, I just really liked watching Luis Scola and another great name, Luis Scola. Like, I just loved him. My I absolutely guy. love that pick. I got him, I got him coming later in my list. So I'll, I'll save some thoughts on him, but um, he, he was awesome. I, I went with, um, this is, this is extreme. This is probably my most random pick. I went with Patrick Patterson, who, who is in the Scola era, just a little worse than Scola. I don't know why I liked him so much. I think it was like, I think it was just Bill Worrell seemed to really like him. And that got me excited as a young fan. It was like P-Pat, two-pat. It was like he had the, Bill Worrell used to give him some great calls whenever he made a shot. 
And Patrick Patterson used to do this thing where every time he made a bucket, he used to like run back on court, like kind of scoot running. And I used to try and emulate that in all my rec games every time I, every time I made a basket, which was not many. Um, I don't know why. I, he, was just a, he was just a fun player, and uh, he had a nice shot, and he was a hard worker. And I, I, I like following his career. I was sad to see that he, he got pretty bad when he joined the Thunder, but I like him. I not much more to say. He's my number eight. Kind of surprising that he's still in the league. He's been in the league for a decade yeah, now. Yeah, he's old. He's very old. Yeah, on the Clippers now. I mean, RIP to the Clippers. But, <laughs> yeah, still getting yeah. minutes. Average 13 minutes a game this year. That's Did he way really? more than I expected. Wow. But, yeah, shout out to Patrick Patterson. Yeah, that's a throwback. On to number seven, I got another Rockets power forward slash center. Um Okay. The short legend. We always bring him up, <laughs> comparing him to PJ Tucker these days. <laughs> but I got six foot five Chuck Hayes. Yeah, yeah. The Chuck Wagon. Just Chuck Wagon rolls on. Another one of those guys who wasn't flashy, wasn't the best, wasn't, you know, the most athletic. Just did the right thing. More often than not, took the simple shots and made them, played tough defense, was you got to be a tough defender to be a six foot five center, as I'm sure we'll both talk about later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, watching Chuck Hayes hustle and just work hard and get it done. And he was, he played in a lot of the era where we didn't really have another star out there because they were hurt. So like he just always came to work, always came to hustle, get the rebounds, block some shots, and, you know, put in a couple of putbacks every now and then. I just loved watching his game. Yeah, I, I feel like we talk about Chuck Hayes now more than we ever did when he was actually playing. We just bring up those comparisons so often. Um, he was so, yeah, he was he was probably the hardest worker that um, I've seen the Rockets have. I guess there's an argument to be made for that other guy that we're going to talk about, as you said. Um, but but yeah, Chuck Hayes is the he would be the perfect player for today's Rockets team for the small ball. I could just imagine him. Um, him in that post-defense spot, switching around on defense, that would be absolutely awesome. I went with uh, Kevin Martin, who, Ooh. yeah, he he was my f- absolute, like, when I was younger, I, I wanted to be him, just how good he was at scoring. He was, he's like, to me, he's just like a better version of Eric Gordon in terms of how his shooting and um, his ability to get to the basket. He, yeah, he just, he had this, he had a horrible like shooting form, but it always went in and he was so cool. Like those Rockets teams from 2010 to whenever we got Harden, the Rockets, you know, they had that stretch of mediocrity, but Kevin Martin and, and Scola, they kept the team relevant and they kept the team fighting every year, which was it was fun to watch. I know that looking back, those years are, are some of the, the worst times in, in modern Rockets history. But, you know, I'll always respect those teams because I thought that they, they did the best they could and they, they let it all out on the floor every night. And Kevin Martin was a huge part of that. Yeah, it just seems so long ago that, like, Kevin Martin was the Jersey guy for the Rockets. Like, every yeah. team has that one guy who, like, you know, you'll go to the grocery store or whatever and all the – the local jerseys will be that one guy. And Kevin Martin was that guy for us. Like, <laughs> that's awful. That's that's terrible. That it was so long ago, man. <laughs> Did he even make an all star team? So far, like in his career, 
Ooh, I don't I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, right I, now. I was just thinking that because he well, he was really good on the Kings, right before he joined the Rockets. Yeah, he. That's why they traded for him. Yeah. I remember, uh, but I he don't was, remember. If he he, he did have team. some really good years for Houston. He never made an All Star team for the Rockets. I know that, but um, he was like. No, I don't think he made an All Star team at all. Damn, that's too bad. He was good. He was good. He was. He he'd be like he'd be like a top. 10 shooting guard in the league today, I feel like. Maybe that's ambitious. Uh, I mean... There's some good shooting guards. It it's, might be a little ambitious, but he was good. Yeah, maybe. The Thunder definitely thought that he'd be a top 10 <laughs> oh, shooting Oh, yeah. Guard. Dude, yeah. And that's another reason why he made the list. He got us James Harden. Yeah, I, I still Gotta can't believe that. that. I, that's why worked I put as well as it did. What an awful trade for the Thunder in <laughs> retrospect. Yes. Yeah. Dude, that's why I put Jeremy Lamb at number two on my list. Uh, no okay so let's go to number six number six last one before we take our break i got this dude is here off the strength of pretty much one game but it's one of the most legendary performances i think i know who you're going with in rockets history i got josh smith yeah great pick oh man that that game against the Clippers, dude, bringing us back from down what nineteen, yeah, or something 19. like that in the like late third quarter, early fourth quarter, where he was just unconscious from three. That was insane. <laughs> I I watched that game so like that that quarter stretch on YouTube, whatever, so many times. Like it just it never gets old. It was just so good. I couldn't <laughs> believe it was happening while it was happening. I was just like, how is Josh Smith? of all people just lighting them up from three just like pulling it with confidence too it wasn't yeah. like he was just he had step backs in there yeah it wasn't like he was Lou Dort and they were like oh, just leaving him be and he got hot no he pulled up said screw it I'm shooting and he shot and <laughs> kept making them brought us all the way back with James Harden on the bench I will never forget watching that yeah. game and watching this come back and win that series that was like the pinnacle. No, 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 no. Oh yes, moment every time he shot. Like we, that was that was just it was him, Corey Brewer, like Pablo Prigioni, Terrence Jones, and and Terry on the court for that stretch. It was like yeah, I'll never forget that game. Mike Tarico couldn't believe it either. <laughs> That's <laughs> that, some of the best part about rewatching that like stretch. Yeah, watching he was Steve just absolutely Bomber. besides himself. I I watched Steve Bomber, man. I. Seeing him, it's like, oh my god, he was so sad. And Blake Griffin, it's it's fantastic. It's I highly recommend it if you have not rewatched it. But for my sixth pick, I went with. It feels like a boring pick, honestly, but I went with PJ Tucker, who um, we we alluded to, and I'm sure that you have later. If yeah, it does feel like just like kind of a standard pick. Like he's he's the hardest working Rocket for the last three years or however long he's been on the team he's he's an absolute joy to watch every night for how much effort he puts out how it seems like he he should be injured with how much of a beating he takes but he goes out there every night and competes what I really liked about this season is um, I feel like when we originally made the small ball trade PJ Tucker got a lot of media hate just like oh he's gonna get killed by Anthony Davis and stuff blah 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 and all the other centers and I feel like by the end of the year, even though the Rockets had lost in the semifinals, I feel like P.J. Tucker gained respect for most NBA fans for, 
for how hard he competed and how effective he was. So I was glad to see, I was glad to see that payoff after we as Rockets fans knew what he was capable of for so many years. Yeah, I love PJ Tucker. He's higher up on my list than he is on yours. So I'll save some of my thoughts on him. But yeah, like you mentioned, just everything, everything you could want in like a role player on your basketball team, PJ Tucker provides. So that's my guy. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll talk more about him coming up in our second segment where we go five through one. Some surprises hopefully coming or maybe some obvious ones. We'll see. Coming up. Support for this podcast comes from AT&T. All right, so there are a lot of reasons to like AT&T 5G. Check this out. My friend Lisa, who is a professional race car driver and base jump wingsuit enthusiast, likes AT&T 5G because it's fast. My friend Terry, who's a bodyguard who once also wrestled a hyena when he got too close to his client on safari, likes AT&T 5G because it's secure. And my friend Sasha, who's a librarian and hasn't missed a day of work in 27 years, not even that time she broke both her legs and had the measles, likes AT&T 5G because it's reliable. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's fast, secure, and reliable. And now nationwide. AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires a compatible plan. 5G may not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for 5G coverage details. And we are back for the second half of the Launchpad podcast presented by Clutch City Control Room. We have listed our 10 through 6. Dex, do you want to remind the listeners what your, what your rankings are so far? We can kind of go through it and then jump in with the, with the next five. Yes, sir. I've got 10. Joe Chi. <laughs> At number nine, I got Patrick Beverly. Eight, I got Luis Scola. Seven, the Chuck Wagon, Chuck Hayes. And for number six, Josh Smith. All right. For me, I got Dwight Howard at 10, Aaron Brooks at nine, Patrick Patterson at eight, Kevin Martin at seven, and PJ Tucker at six. And I'll jump right into five. I have got Clint Capella. Now, I'll preface this by saying I think – I was, I was ultimately happy with the trade away of Capella because I think that he, did, he definitely did not fit with Russell Westbrook. I think it was time to move on, and Covington's objectively a better player. But Capella's time with the Rockets was so enjoyable because it was the first time in such a long time that the Rockets had drafted a player, gave him actual minutes, and actually allowed him to develop into a legit starting rotation player in the NBA. So he started behind Dwight Howard and we, we got to see him grow right before our eyes and become a really good NBA center for the Rockets. And he had some great moments. He was, a, he was great alongside James Harden in the pick and roll. And, but really, I love Capella just for his, uh, his uh, Toyota center segments. Acapella with Capella was probably the greatest thing that the Rockets have ever done. And uh, he had some painting with Capella. He was just fantastic. I, I'm so glad that he was on the team, and I'm glad that, that the Rockets finally you know, gave a young player some minutes. I appreciate that he's on your list because he was very tough to leave off of mine. <laughs> um, he was right there in that mix for the 10 spot. I ended up giving it to Joe G just for the memes. I'll allow um, it. I'll allow it. But, yeah, man, Clint Capella, we – Rockets fans kind of are down on him now because towards the end he struggled a bit. Like you said, wasn't a good fit with Russell Westbrook. They traded him away, et cetera, et cetera. But he had some spectacular moments, especially uh, that game against the Utah Jazz. I don't remember if it was game uh, 
three or game four in Utah where he just – I think he had like five blocks in the last two yeah. minutes or something like that of a playoff game. Him like doing his little like Simba yell with <laughs> yes, dude, James Harden at the end of that. That's was, the best. That's, that's what I'm trying – yeah. He used to dominate in the playoffs like other than against – Kevon Looney of all people, but he used to dominate object like all-star centers. He, he would crush Rudy Gobert every time they played and he would crush Carl Anthony Towns, honestly. So I, yeah. I mean, I was, I remember just being so proud of him, honestly, like holding his own against those guys and then obviously failing against Kevon Looney, but that's another story. I felt like a proud parent watching yes. him like son Rudy Gobert. Just <laughs> yes. Like finally my son who we, who we drafted and watched develop He's dominating who is supposed to be the best center in the league. Like it, Yeah, I got a lot of love for Clint Capella, even though, you know, it ended like it did. My number five, he might be kind of low, but, you know, it's the 2010s. He didn't give us as much as you would think in the 2010s, even though he's a Rockets legend forever and we all love him. I got Yao Ming at my number five spot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I – I excluded him from the list because I wasn't sure about the years, but he's – yeah, I'd love to talk about him, so go for it. Yeah, he did – he played into the 2010s. I don't remember exactly what year he retired, but um, he was in this decade. But obviously he was, you know, greatly diminished from the injuries and everything. But mm-hmm. just kind of the excitement of drafting Yao Ming and, um, you know, just seeing this physical anomaly like come into the league <laughs> – and just kind of dominate the post. Obviously, he has some dribble moves. Everybody remembers his iconic behind-the-back, coast-to-coast, like, uh, slam. But, yeah, you have to have – like, you have to have Yao Ming on this list. You know, they would have took away our Rockets talking credentials if we didn't have Yao Ming on here. <laughs> yeah. It's I'm, like I, he retired in 2011. Okay, that's when it was. Yeah, I – Yao Ming's honestly the reason that – I started rooting for the Rockets. I became a Rockets fan because I, I have absolutely like I'm from New York. I have absolutely no ties to Houston at all. My my dad was never uh, a Rockets fan or anything like that. I just I started watching basketball because I saw Yao Ming was drafted and I was this like super short kid and Yao Ming was seven foot six and I was like this is awesome. I got to root for this guy. So that's really why I became a Rockets fan um, in the first place and. He was always my favorite player to watch growing up. Uh, I was obviously devastated by how his career shook out and how it ended, but Yao Ming, Yao Ming was the best. I'm glad you put him on the, the list. Yeah, like I said, it, you know, the best Rockets, like the favorite Rockets players of the decade, it's kind of a technicality to say that he played <laughs> in the 2010s, but I'm taking it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good five. one. Uh, okay, for four, I went with... I went with Chris Paul. Chris Paul, he obviously only spent two years in Houston, and obviously there's now, I guess, a little bit of bad blood between him and Harden with how things ended in, in 2019 with his playoff run. But that 2018 team was just so legendary, and it was the best Rockets team that I've ever seen, and Chris Paul was, was the big reason why for that. And my favorite Chris Paul moment, my, one of my favorite Rockets moments ever will always be in um, game five, before he got injured, obviously, when he, he hit a three over Steph Curry at the end of the shot clock and then shimmied right in his face because Steph Curry was being yeah. such an asshole that entire game with the shimmies and Chris Paul just totally stuck it to him. 
I, it was the first time I've seen a Houston player do something like that. And it was absolutely awesome. Chris Paul just was, was the leader of, of what was the greatest Rockets season in recent memory. And uh, he definitely deserves a spot high up on the list for that. Yeah, he, he got a spot even higher on my list. Um, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's coming up soon, so I'll share some more thoughts about him in a second. But, yeah, man, I I love Chris Paul even still. Uh, I was terrified that we might lose to him in the first round of the Yeah, playoffs that would have been awful. That If, if, so if, if that, that happened, I might not have been able to put him on the list. Dude, I... <laughs> I might not have been able to keep watching NBA basketball. Yeah, to be <laughs> yeah. yeah. If that happened, we would not be doing this podcast right now. Yeah. Oh boy. But you it's know, since it didn't happen, we can laugh about it now. <laughs> but oh man, it would not have been funny. Yeah. Um. So let's see. What we're on number four now. Yeah. Yeah. Number four. All right. So at number four, I've got a guy. He's not. He's definitely not the best player that I've named so far. Uh, but he's one of my favorite to watch and just always has been Houston legend, Gerald green. Yep. Great pick. I just love watching him shoot. I love, you know, his athleticism and dunking and then just him off the court. Also just like following him on my Instagram, just seeing him show up to the like different press conferences and stuff like that with like Houston jerseys on and Houston logos and braided into his hair and stuff mm-hmm. like that. He just, He's got everything um, except, you know, being like an all-star level player or anything like that. But, you know, he's great as a role player and, you know, just a lot of fun to watch. Plus, just a lot of fun to follow. Just a good dude. So, yeah, that's why he's in my top five. Yeah, I remember when we first signed him, I was I was excited because I just knew him as the guy that blew out a cupcake in the dunk contest. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And and yeah. then he quickly, <laughs> yeah, like that, that was pro- one of the best dunks I've seen in the dunk contest. Um but then, yeah, then he joined the Rockets and he quickly became such a fan favorite because he repped Houston so hard um, more than any more than any other Rockets player that I can remember. With if if you're gonna braid an H into your hair, you deserve a spot on this list. So I'm glad you put him in. Yeah, man, Gerald Green is awesome. I hope they bring him back. Yeah, I, I've heard I've heard that he wants to come back. I've heard that that's something that's been talked about. So hopefully that happens. I think there's probably a good possibility of it as long as he's healthy. Yeah, honestly, why not? What do we have to lose? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so number three. Okay, so this one, this one might be. This is probably going to be a huge hot take for you and for all Rockets fans listening. Uh, I, I went with Chandler Parsons for number three. That is a hot take. You are I, absolutely correct. My goodness. <laughs> I know. I know. I. I'm sorry. I had to do it. Okay, Chandler Parsons. I'm trying to come I'm trying to figure out the best way to explain this. Like Chandler Parsons to me, he just had this like air of coolness about him. Like let's not forget the dude did actual modeling on the side. Like he was he was a legitimately paid model for for magazines and stuff. And that was just so unexpected and and I thought it was so cool and I remember I used to like like go to school and I tried to make my hair look like his and I tried to emulate the way he acted uh, off the court and and like when he played, he played with this arrogance, but but it was an arrogance that he backed up as as a young player with with a ton of energy. It was cool to watch him grow alongside James James Harden and that and that young and exciting team back in like 2012 2013 era. I just loved watching him on and off the court, and 
he, he hit 10 threes in one game. He was really good for the Rockets underratedly. There was a point where people were arguing stupidly that they should keep him instead of James Harden at one point, but he was, he was underratedly good. And he was a second round pick. He was really fun to watch. He was a high flyer, great shooter. And I don't, I just, I wanted to give him some respect because I don't understand why Rockets fans are so mad at him for, for taking the money and walking in free agency. I mean, he was offered $15 million at a certain point, you just, you can't say no to that, especially at the point in free agency where we weren't in the 2016 balloon Ryan Anderson era. We were, we were back then when that was just a ridiculous contract offer and you have to respect him for taking the money at a certain point. But I know a lot of Rockets fans hate him for that. See, you've mentioned earlier that you don't have like Houston ties or anything like that. (laughs) So I'll tell you, it's not about taking the money. Because, I mean, people do that all the time. That's whatever. It's about the fact that he went to the Mavericks and that when he did, he was talking trash about, you know, Houston, the Rockets, the fans, all of that kind of stuff. So that just kind of made him public enemy number one in Houston. Like, you're leaving, you're leaving us to go to Dallas, the city we hate more than any other. You're talking trash about us. And we got to play you four times a year now. Like, you, yeah. It, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, I could not put him on my list. Even <laughs> I, I he know. I, yeah, he's probably really way moments. down for, for most Rockets. Fair enough, man. I, I guess, yeah, that just didn't resonate with me as much. I, I didn't really see those comments that he made about Houston. I, I still don't really know what they were exactly. I don't know. He was just cool. Like, he was fun to watch. And, um, I, I I just really liked him. I don't know. I will say though, um, him, James Harden, and Jeremy Lin used to like yes. have these like weird secret the handshakes and stuff. The pre-game ritual. Yeah, in pre-game, and I loved watching that. That was James pretty Parsons sweet. And Jeremy Lin were still here. He definitely had some moments, but you know, he also fell asleep at the wheel and let Damian Lillard. It wasn't his moment fault. against it wasn't us. All his fault. Okay, it was kind of his fault. It was, it was definitely his fault. <laughs> I'll let it slide. Actually, yeah, that was bad. That was bad. I was going to say we can laugh about it now, but no, we can't. I can't laugh about it now. No, we cannot. That's, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So are we on on three? Yeah, yeah, we're on your your number three. So, yeah, I got who we talked about earlier, PJ Tucker, at my number three spot. I know it's kind of cliche, and also he's only been here for three years, but like I said, he, he does everything you want a role player to do. Uh, the defense, the hustle, the rebounds, the corner threes, the, uh, you know, he can do a little like drive and pull up now uh, that I've really liked watching him develop. And also he just seems like a really good dude. Uh, yeah. Like even aside from being really cool and super well-dressed, which I also love, dude is always killing the fashion game, killing the sneaker game. Yeah, Obviously everybody knows about that. Most sneakers are or something like that. Yeah, gotta be by like a mile. He yeah, every single sneaker you can imagine. He, what he bring? He brought like he brought something crazy amount to Disney World in the in the bubble. I want to say it was like seventy. Yeah, like absolutely ridiculous. But you gotta respect it. Yeah, just madness. But like that's just who he is. And I love yeah. that he has all of these really expensive sneakers, and he actually plays in them. Like he doesn't like have them sitting on a shelf, like in a box or something, like. <laughs> played like trophies or anything like that he just goes out there and he like actually plays basketball them because they're they're just sneakers at the end of the day um so i love that about him but yeah like he just seems like a genuinely good person 
also. His family is really adorable. Like it's he's always posting like pictures and stuff with his daughter. That's her she's super cute. They're super cute together. Um and he's a leader for the team. Like he always does the right thing in the press conference. He's always getting after guys on the bench. He's always, you know, communicating on the court. He pretty much just is our defense at this point. Yep. Yeah. Hundred percent. He's my number three. Yeah, that's that's a good spot for him. I it'll be interesting to see um if he's still with the team this year. I know a lot of Rockets fans have talked about potentially trading him when his value is this high, but I hope he stays on the team. I mean, I think he's got at least another solid year left in him, but but we'll see. Also, still, he plays like a much younger man. That's something that yeah, that's I, I mean he plays so many minutes, it's crazy. Like And he's like thirty five, right? Yeah, he's I think he's the oldest like rotation player we have on the team. I'm not including Tyson Chandler in that, by the way. Um, yeah, not a <laughs> but, rotation player. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So for number two, I, I guess I teased this earlier. I got Luis Scola. And um, I, you talked earlier how you used to try and emulate his moves on the court. I used to try and like, I was, I was a short kid and I used to try and bet people that I would be able to score on them in the post. Bill Worrell used to call it the Argentinian tango. I think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was probably the best Bill Worrellism that he ever came up with. I, um, yeah. So I used to try this move, like, like whatever, what, like whenever I could and just like tell like the taller kids that I could score on them and the moves always worked, but I can't say that it worked completely because every time I did the move, I got so excited and missed the wide open layup. But I, <laughs> I think I got the respect that I that I needed for like pulling it off at least fifty percent of the way. But no, like that was like Luis Scola was just one of the greatest post players I've ever seen. Like Scola's moves were so much more random seeming. Like he used to do like like three sixties, like just going around his pivot for like a million times before. But he used to always get an open shot. It was absolutely ridiculous how easily he was able to score in the post. Uh, and you talked about his hair, like what the hell was going on there. But overall, he was just such a fun player. And, and I loved having him on the team alongside Kevin Martin and those guys. Yeah. And uh, in the Toyota Center, they used to, like, whenever he scored, they'd have the Luis Cola, <laughs> like, sound play from the video board. And, like, that was always fun, too. Like, I, I went to a lot of Rockets games in that era just because, mm-hmm. like, tickets were much cheaper than they are now because we didn't really have any star players worth seeing. Yeah. But, yeah, I just loved watching Luis Scola play. Like he, like I said, just got all the basic stuff down and just mastered all of it, and was like extremely crafty and just fun to watch. So yeah, and, and underrated. I can respect him being your number two. <laughs> yeah, underrated. He, I think, what does Toyota Center do? Like that all decade team that they put they put on the wall, right? Right. I don't know if they've officially done one for the 2010s, but he's he's probably the power forward. He's the only guy to to make it in the two decades in the, since 2000. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Shout out to Luis Scola. I hope he's out there doing well, whatever it is. Yeah. He I think does he's still days. playing in Argentina somehow. I think he's like 40. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> Dedicated to the crap. Yeah. All right. So my top two, um, I mean, it's kind of obvious at this point where we're at, but Go for it. I got Chris Paul at number two. Um, I, I have never had more fun watching the Houston Rockets than the 2018 season. That was just incredible. Um, I, he's one of the greatest point guards ever. I He is probably 
I, yeah, I would say he's the greatest point guard, pure point guard of my lifetime. Like just the best individual, like, you know, as far as seeing the court, passing, shooting, all of it together. I mean, obviously like Steph Curry is a better scorer, but when it comes to actually facilitating a team and stuff like that, Chris Paul is the best one that we've had in my lifetime for my money. So, um, yeah, having him be a part of the Rockets, even for just that two years, was incredible. And, he, yeah, he's my second favorite. What were your thoughts when he was traded, like original thoughts? Well, at first, I like everybody else, I was shocked that we actually did it. <laughs> yeah. Because of, like, how the rumor mill had gone around at that point. But um, I was kind of sad that it didn't work out because, like, like I said, 2018 was some of the most fun I've ever had watching the Rockets play, and they were the best team in the NBA that year. They should have won the championship, and they would have if Chris Paul was still healthy. But, yeah, like, I I was just kind of sad that it didn't all work out. I was nervous because I, like most Rockets fans, I had a very petty hate against Russell Westbrook for <laughs> – Dude, I have you know, um, a T-shirt, like – that's like the 2017 MVP voting, then a picture of Harden and Westbrook, and like there's a check mark next to Harden, and then it says the right side of history beneath it. It's yeah, I mean, we were all there, we all, <laughs> we all know what it is. Like, but I do like Russell Westbrook now, even still after his struggles in the playoffs. I think like he can get back fully healthy and uh, you know, help the team and all that. But yeah, yep. I, I trust him. Really wanted Chris Paul and James Harden and Mike D'Antoni and everybody to get a ring in 2018 because that would have been one of the like more important for legacy rings in NBA history. Yeah. But Chris Paul came in at two for you, but Chris Paul's hamstring came in at about number 1,000. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ugh, <laughs> killing me. All right. So, so are we in agreement for number one? Are we going with Courtney Fortson? Oh, I I was going with Courtney Lee. At, at oh, okay. One. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's James Harden, man. Like, yeah. it just is. Like, duh. <laughs> yeah, not much to say here. Like, he's second greatest Rocket of all time. It's been an absolutely amazing decade to get to watch this greatness every single night. And um, it's we're just, we're just lucky as fans to get to, to have seen him, like, blossom into such a superstar. I can't believe that people say, like, his game is boring or people even call it unwatchable. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? He does just amazing stuff every single night, even on off nights. He's pulling out something crazy you've never seen before. Or you're getting to watch NBA defenses play in ways that they've you've never seen before. Like, yeah, James Harden is a walking chess match. He, like, just... You put him on the court, you give him the ball, and the defense has to, like, get out of their comfort zone immediately, or they give up 60 points. Like, it's it's just amazing. I don't I don't understand how you can hate it, honestly. Yeah, I, he gets the most respect from, from NBA defenses out of any star player. He's getting doubled the second he crosses half court, and in the middle of the regular season, it's it's crazy. And he still somehow finds a way to drop 30 every night. But but yeah, Harden Harden is a clear number one number one for this list for probably every Rockets fan right now. Yeah, I don't see how you could even argue for anybody else because like he gives you he gives you everything, man. Like obviously he scores a lot of points and he, the step back three is amazing, the Euro step is amazing, et cetera, et cetera. He's got highlight dunks 
like dunking on Draymond Green in the playoffs over and over. He goes with the nosebleeds uh, every time he dunks too. That's awesome. The nosebleed celebration. Yeah. The buzzer beater over the Warriors in the regular oh, season last year after the comeback. Incredible game. And like he talks just enough crap about uh, like other teams where like Dude. it's not obnoxious and you don't hate them for it. Yeah. But it's the, still like enough to keep you going and be hilarious. The the Giannis thing was so cool because he's he's getting crapped on like all the time from the media and from other players. And this it was so awesome to see him like say something back, you know, like even though it may have been a hyperbolic comment about Giannis's skill level, that was that was just awesome to see as a Rockets fan. Yeah, <laughs> running and dunking takes no skill. Like, yeah, it gives you just enough that you can keep it going. It's awesome. And, yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah, I I just love having Jay's Harden on my team. I really hope we can get him a ring before he leaves Houston or retires or whatever. But even if we don't, it's still been amazing. And like, I'm gonna like be telling my kids about how awesome Jay's Harden was like in the sure, in yeah. the future. Like, he's he's that dude. So yeah, we're yeah. we're lucky to have been able one. to watch him. But yeah, this was fun. Do you wanna do you wanna go through your list one last time, and then we can wrap it up? Yes, sir. So at number ten, I got Joe Chi. Nine, Patrick Beverly. Eight, Luis Scola. Seven, Chuck Hayes. Six, Josh Smith. Then my top five, I got Yao Ming at five, Gerald Green at four, PJ Tucker at three, Chris Paul at two, and the goat James Harden at number one. All right, for me, I got Dwight Howard at 10, Aaron Brooks, number nine, Patrick Patterson coming in at eight, then Kevin Martin, P.J. Tucker, top five, Capella at five, Chris Paul at four, number three is Chandler Parsons, two, Luis Scola, and one is James the Beard Harden. We, we, had, a, we had a decent amount of overlap, but we also had some, some unique choices there. We, we'd love to hear your own lists if you're a listener, so... So give us a reply in the comments who your favorite Rockets players of the last decade have been. And, um, yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for today's episode. If you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get.